friends, I'm Ashish Sarbari, founder and CEO of Axomize. And guess what? This is July 2020. It is tag time. And Design Automation Conference is starting very soon. And it is a good time to take stock of where we are with formal verification. And as some of you know, Axomize is partner with some of the best known names in formal verification tool space. And today in-house, we have Chris Komar from Cadence. Hi, Chris. Thank you very much for coming on the mic. How are you? Hello, Ashish. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you. So, Chris, let's just start right away. Why is your company, Cadence, interested in formal verification? You guys sell enough emulators and simulators, so why bother about formal then? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. So... Um, you know, I, th I think about this and I think the, the answer probably has changed over time. So I've been involved with formal for almost 20 years and I started my career at EDA with equivalency checking, with Burplex. Uh, and that was interesting because that technology was from the beginning a must have. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone must have an equivalency checking tool. Uh, they must, they're concerned about their synthesis and other implementation optimizations. And so it just was a must have. It was a no brainer. Everyone just absorbed it, adopted it. No questions asked. Now, when we get to formal property checking, you know, this has, I've seen this evolve. You know, I got involved probably uh, early, but not at the beginning, maybe 18, 17 years ago into more formal property checking. And at that point, it was extremely evangelical uh -huh. in trying to get people to consider this sort of technology. Uh, it was nice to have, uh, and people didn't quite see how it fit in. Uh, but, you know, so when you, when you look at it back then, it was kind of a nice to have. But as time has evolved, and as the verification problem has exploded, I think everyone's seen the charts of, the verification problem being this non-linear uh, problem mm -hmm. and the current methodologies, you mentioned simulation hardware and things are great, but it's not keeping up and we need to be doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at formal, people are becoming much more receptive to addressing these challenges with whatever technology is out there. And formal has certainly come to play a role in this by enabling people to do things uh, much earlier. So the whole shift left concept comes in with formal. Uh, we work typically at the RTL. We often provide solutions even to designers. And so all of a sudden we can bring design and verification uh, or verification of the design earlier. Uh, and I would say it, it's evolved from this nice to have to a must have. It's part of the portfolio of tools in people's toolbox to be able to um, satisfy the verification demands. It's it's no longer nice to have. Um, so what you'd say, see you, this, sorry to just ahead, briefly sorry. interrupt you. So what you're really saying is from where you are seeing this in Cadence, you're saying that you can't actually afford not to deal with formal verification. So just offering sim solutions in simulation and emulation isn't adequate for verification needs of the end user. And that's why you believe Cadence needs to, or is actually uh, involved in formal. Um, so you, you said you started off very early from equivalence checking days, and it's, it's a very valid point. And a lot of early adopters of formal did start at that point. But 
what would have happened if you actually don't do formal verification from where you are coming? What do you think can actually go wrong? Yeah, so I think what, what can go wrong is people see a pattern of perhaps finding bugs late, perhaps uh, finding an in, you know, someone had made an assumption early on in their whole design and verification problem process that only comes out very late. These are the types of things in these iteration cycles that are well documented to take an enormous amount of time and, and often can be root cause to say, this could be found much earlier. Mm -hmm. So how do we provide robust technologies much earlier in the design cycle? And things like hardware, you really wait till you have a large part of your design before you move to hardware. Even simulation methodologies like UVM, the investments in creating that test bench, people tend to wait. There's wait till a certain level of integration before they invest in that. And so people are looking for how do I do things even before that? Because I can catch a lot of these problems much sooner. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of this. And this is where I'd say formal has evolved from this nice to have to, to must have. And our customers demand this now from us. Mm -hmm. It's not an, an optional thing. And it's not really a question anymore of, you know, why are we here? Um, we were pushing a rock up a hill for some time. And that's, that's really no longer the case. So... So you mentioned equivalence checking and you also mentioned property checking um, as being an area where you started early um, 17, 18 years ago. In 2020, what are the key um, solution drivers um, that you are offering? What kind of problems are you seeing in the field being solved by your solution? So if you were to capture them in a succinct way for us, uh, what would you say are the best selling solutions uh, from your company? Yeah, so um, it's constantly growing and it's constantly being challenged by our customers. Uh, so we, we have, you know, solutions and everything from uh, connectivity checking to register control and status register verification to complementing simulation to analyze the code coverage holes to see if they're unreachable to leveraging technology like sequential equivalency checking where we can validate, there's numerous use cases in this, in which we can validate um, people's insertions of clock gating to see if the design has been functionally changed by the insertion of clock gating or not. Uh, we can look at people who take an IP and add some functionality to it. And that quite often comes with a chicken bit to say, okay, mm -hmm. let me turn that off. And so we can validate even those sort of things. The uh -huh. use cases are infinite and are, Customers are becoming more creative with this technology. And to that point, um, we're now beginning to see, I have active customers, uh, discussions with customers going on right now in which they have simulation methodologies. In this case, this one happens to be more in the low power space, where they've developed this whole methodology around UVM and simulation to develop this low power flow, but they're coming to us and say, help us build this mm -hmm. as an app. Mm -hmm. We need to shift this left. Mm -hmm. This comes so late in our process. Mm -hmm. We need, we can find these bugs at smaller blocks even much earlier before we can do this. And this test bench investment is so large. That's why it comes late. And that's why we only do it at this level of integration. But these problems, if we can find a way to create a verification environment much earlier, which formal has the potential to do, it's hugely valuable. 
So it's about us providing the broadest set of apps in security verification, functional safety, as I mentioned, connectivity, CSR, uh, there's a whole breadth of these. Mm -hmm. um, but now our customers come and challenge us with specific problems. They're almost dreaming up their own ways of deploying it uh, as apps, mm -hmm. uh, taking the challenges and the, the flows that they have in place yeah. and wanting to shift that left. So what I'm hearing is a um, lot of app-based use model for your customers from traditional connectivity checking, register-based checking to uh, sequential equivalence checking for clock gating. You mentioned for low power, there was a customer demand. So are you saying that a significant portion of your customer base is using your tool base in an app-oriented way? Or would you say property checking is a significant um, share in the way the, the, the tools are used um, from your perspective? Yeah, that's an excellent uh, question. And our usage uh, is mostly in the core of formal property checking. That is by far the most dominant uh, usage of uh -huh. the tool. I'm glad I asked you then because my perception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was giving, maybe giving the wrong perception <laughs> no, there, no, but uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a very valid question. Um, and, and that is definitely the dominant use model, but these apps, let me back up. That is the dominant use model. Yeah. And along with that, there's there's a huge amount. What's what's really been interesting over this time is to watch the level, and I'm sure you've seen it, of expertise that has blossomed mm -hmm. across the industry. Yeah. Right. And so to really enable people to do some um, phenomenal and amazing things with just core formal property checking. Uh, so that is definitely the dominant uh, use case. Outside of this, these other apps has really, you know, lowered the barrier to to hit a much larger, broader audience uh, as well okay. than than the core FPV, where that requires some expertise for sure. Um, where these apps mindset and the app flows that we provide certainly lower the barrier and bring this to many more users who maybe don't have background in writing system verilog assertions mm -hmm. or informal mm -hmm. or, or whatever it might be, uh -huh. but they can go deploy and leverage formal. The barrier is quite low and get values in the get value from it in the matter of minutes in many cases. So really it's a combination of these two things, having this core formal property checking platform yeah. on Jasper Gold. And on top of this, building these apps that really enable a whole another audience of people that's maximizing the value for mm -hmm. the customers, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, my observation is actually similar to yours. Um, makes a lot of sense. How are your solutions differentiated in the market? Uh, what do you believe is the unique edge? I know you guys yeah. were traditionally an IFV uh, um, you know, company and then you acquired Jasper. So are you saying that with the acquisition of Jasper, you were able to offer uh, a differentiated solution? Uh, what is it that you've got that others haven't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, we spent a lot of time, I think Jasper, when it came in, was quite differentiated. I, I came from the IFB side. I competed against Jasper for years and years and years. So, I, I you know, uh, bringing that technology in-house was extremely exciting. But it's something we constantly think about still today. How do we make our solutions the most differentiated and the most powerful and best in class? Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of differentiation, I think there's some key points that we're constantly looking at. One is, is scalability. 
we are always looking to make our solutions as scalable as possible mm -hmm. um, and to attack the biggest problems possible. Mm -hmm. If we're not able to do that for our customers, we're not relevant. Mm -hmm. And so that goes with the core FPV domain mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well as all the apps. Mm -hmm. It's constantly in our back of our mind. How can we do connectivity in an SOC level better? How do we abstract the problem to something that's very tractable? Uh, these sort of things are constantly in our mind. So scalability is key, something from just parsing and elaborating design to, to building the, the engines so that they can handle the biggest problems. It's, it's all aspects of the tool, even debug. Mm -hmm. So it's constantly in our mind. And then as we go into each particular app, I think the second aspect is we, we actually do a lot of customization per app. And that's, we provide, you know, differentiation in some of the, the IP with each app, whether it's in how does someone specify the problem up front in an abstract way, so they don't have to write the properties themselves, to the engines that run on them, to the debug, the customized debug that's in context of that app, to the set of complementing, maybe, checks or coverage that go along with it that really gives someone feedback of what they've done and or where some trouble spots might be. This is constantly, we're looking at each app and saying, how do we differentiate and provide a complete solution? Mm -hmm. I think the third thing that we look at in terms of differentiation um, is, and this is again an evolution that I've seen over time, is there was very much this bug finding just check concept associated with with formal mm -hmm. formal property checking. Yeah. And what we're really trying to do is move this more towards the concept of, of sign-off. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that's key. We don't want to just be, well, we found X number of bugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to say we accomplished mm -hmm. this verification task. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to a user talking to their manager, mm -hmm. they can say, I accomplished this task. Mm -hmm. They don't just come and say, I found X number of mm -hmm. bugs, mm -hmm. because that's confusing to a manager who says, well, I still have to verify it because you haven't told me you accomplished. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you found some bugs, but mm -hmm. you haven't completed mm -hmm. a verification. You just found bugs. Mm -hmm. So the other thing we're trying to constantly do with FPV and with all of our apps is to really think about this concept of sign-off. Mm -hmm. that you completed that task. And as that task fits into a verification plan with something larger, you can spend your cycles somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are other tools, your simulation and whatever can mm -hmm. be spent somewhere else because mm -hmm. you actually accomplish something. Mm -hmm. so this is a huge thing that we feel is differentiation mm -hmm. as we, we spend a lot of time on this. Mm -hmm. cool. And then the last point, kind of building on the, 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 the one I just mentioned, is we want to take an and integrate and take our metrics and bring them together with the rest of the world, with the simulation, with the hardware, be able to see that all together. So we need to provide an integrated solution of metrics and things that, that allow people to take credit for the formal work they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, without that, it's, it's always a question of what did formal accomplish? Yeah, that's so right. So these are the ways we're looking at, at, at differentiating our solutions. Excellent. Okay, that's awesome, Chris. So tell me what are the biggest hurdles you are noticing for formal adoption? How are they being overcome by Cadence? Sure, uh, I think one of the lingering things that's a hurdle is, is, 
is a status quo mentality. Uh, there's less of this uh, over time. This has certainly gotten better. But I, I would say there are still laggards mm. in adopting formal. Mm. And it's just kind of, it could be the company culture that lacks sort of this vision. It could be schedules. I've seen schedules be such that people just, I just have to stick to what I know. I can't bring mm -hmm. in something new. Mm -hmm. So this still happens, but there's less of it. Mm -hmm. But I think people are getting more of the uh, uh, FOMO mentality, the fear of missing out, mm. right? And they're mm. seeing data at conferences like uh, our conference, Jasper User Group or whatever, mm. in which the data is undeniably good for running formal. So there's less and less of that, but it still exists. I see. So that's so, certainly one hurdle is the status quo mentality. I don't know if you're still seeing that. Yeah, people's attitudes and why should we believe you? But I totally agree. I think it's the data that speaks, although in the age that we are living in the COVID-19 age, with data surrounding us with all kinds of metrics, um, <laughs> who knows if it hasn't been fixed anymore. But uh, <laughs> I think the nice thing about formal that I see, which we, I think, um, over the years, you and I have interacted on these topics is, it's very evidence-driven and the formal, the ability to prove and disprove is a matter for everybody to see and by seeing they can believe. But I certainly empathize with you on that one. So, yeah. hey, Chris. Um, but I, I, think, I think, yeah, sorry. There's just a couple, I touched on a couple of quick points. Sure. One was scalability already. I think we need to address scalability still. And I think is being part of the bigger verification solution. It can't be this point tool off to the side. I think mm. these are some of the major items in terms of, of mm. hurdles um, that we're seeing. So. so I want to ask you a last question. Um, so formal sure. is often perceived as a costly investment. I hear that a lot of the time. What are your thoughts on this? And how can you as an EDA vendor make it easier for companies tight on budget to adopt your tool? Do you believe it's a costly <laughs> investment? Uh, I believe it. It, there was this discussion was much more prevalent. I think, and I think you even said it in maybe the first question we discussed it that you were suggesting that now the cost of not doing formal is greater than the cost, you know. And I think that's where we've evolved to. And there is obviously a price associated with this, and people have to look at that. But as it's become more mainstream, as it's become scalable, as verification has grown more complex. It's really about the value of deploying the solution. The value is there. People are seeing they can be more efficient. That really, it comes down to the cost of not doing it is greater. And so we see this, I can see this in how the growth of Jasper Gold is year over year. I can see this in even, and this is probably the most telling sign, is the smaller companies, the little, the geos as we call them, and, and startups, from the beginning, they're bringing formal in, mm -hmm. uh, which has never happened, but mm -hmm. is happening over the last three to five years, seeing mm -hmm. much more of this. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So it's much more of a necessity. And the mm -hmm. value is there, and it's less of a cost or price discussion. Well, I, I think uh, for now, I would leave you in peace, and I would like to thank you very much for your time today. Um, I think you've left us with a lot of interesting observations uh, on how you think Cadence is making a difference, where your customers are facing the problems, and how um, Cadence is gearing up to solve some of the toughest problems. So thank you very much, Chris, for your time. And I'm sure we will uh, recoup again, and, um, and we can discuss some of these topics more in depth. But um, I hope today my listeners got some insight into 
why Cadence is backing up formal verification. And uh, but thank you again for your time. Thanks for having me, Ashish. Thank you.